I am a little frazzled tonight. I don't know about you guys. I got lost coming here. This is like I've been here what five, six, seven, eight, nine times now, and I got lost. <laughs> I was just that much in my own head, staring off into space. Here, Josh, Jason, yet again, game five, a tough, tough air out of the tires. Air out of the balloon with the big fart noise coming out of it on this one. Just that's the feeling right now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mince words, but we're gonna keep it positive. I'm not gonna be dejected and deflated. Uh, may, we're gonna keep it you as keep positive it as possible. This one. Oh my god. How How are you guys feeling on this overall the vibe check? It, it's always gotta feel like the most painful way to lose. It always. <laughs> it can't. Like, what happened? We we almost came back. <laughs> like what that, I don't know. that overtime to end that quickly in that way. I mean, I heard it on the radio driving over here. It's like it looked like we were playing three on three overtime because we had a two on zero. Oh. I don't know. Remember the last time I saw a two on zero oh in a Stanley Cup playoff overtime game? But I saw one tonight, and it sure as hell it wasn't for the Leafs. It was absolutely against the Leafs. So. Matthews and Marner looking at that two on oh, like how he, how they do that. And also, like I just saw Jack Campbell say, like that's on me. I should have had that goal on the two on oh. This guy's just just a beauty. Like yeah. I, I, he like, read I that love pass his mentality. Very he did. Well, and he he came did so close. That was, was close. a great it was finish. A good shot. It was, it was a good finish. shot. I thought he saved it. It sounded like he saved it. it Joe was like Bowen. A boom. It was Joe weird. Bowen actually thought it didn't go in. He goes, oh, and then it's off the post, but then it was in the uh, net because it, it did look like yeah, whatever. Looked like he stopped that. That had been a huge fire. Oh, oh God. Could you imagine? But it did not. If ifs and buts if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, then something or another. I don't know the rest of the saying. We're but bad that was not bad here. so far. Um so let's get into it tonight. Your overall analysis. What what happened today? What what was why'd we go down three oh? Let's start off with that that part. I think we were a little flat to start off the game. It felt felt like felt like that first period we definitely lost on the score sheet and on the ice. I don't know, like just it, it felt like Montreal was able to generate a lot of pressure on us, and it seems like we didn't really couldn't really get our five on five play going at all. So it seems like we were on the on our on our heels for most of the the most of the first period, which is tough because we're at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but then again, there's no there's no fans. Yeah. We'll get into that later, but. We're at home. You're at home. And you're up you won the, the game before that handedly. So obviously Montreal's gonna come out tough and bang. Yeah, it was tough. It's tough on the first goal too, because I, I feel like I don't know. To me, Perry left his feet. Like that should have been a charging. And what are you gonna do? Uh turned it over and they ended up scoring. It was it was a tough, tough first period though. I I, I thought we definitely could have been started the game a little stronger. Yeah, definitely not a sharp start. I mean, they you could tell the Habs had a little a little jump. A couple more hits than usual from them too and they already throw their body a lot. So, you know, but their backs were against the wall. They came out strong to start. You got to give them credit there. But I thought uh I thought we did a good job of weathering the storm per se in the second period. I thought the second period was a little more even. If you I don't know if you guys saw that as well in terms of, you know, a little more back and forth response from the Leafs. And then I thought the third period, they pretty much dominated. It kind of reminded me of how we played our third periods recently, but the Leafs actually get scoring chances when Mm -hmm. the other team sits back. Like Montreal, like we said, they had a lot of shots, but not necessarily like that dangerous level of chances. The Leafs had a ton of dangerous chances in the third period, even ones that didn't go in. Like the top line had a ton of chances that didn't go in tonight too as well. Hyman was, I thought Hyman was a monster tonight, by the way, especially on the four check. Um, 16 is snake bit, but we'll get to that later. Um, and yeah, I, th- I thought the third period was really good. What did you think about the, the goals let in by Jack Campbell tonight? Just wildly tough one of yeah. those nights kind of thing. I mean, so if you get it, if you go into the breakdown of them, the first one, it's off of a turnover. So you're not quite set and getting square to that shot like you would be if Montreal had the puck the entire time. So he was a little bit deep in the net there, but it was a great shot. But As I said, right off a turnover like that, it makes the shot that much more difficult. The other two, it was sitting in front, and I felt like the Leafs had a defensive... They had numbers there. Mm -hmm. They had more defensemen there than Montreal had forwards. 
and they were unable to tie up sticks and the puck gets knocked into the net as he's trying to cover it. Like it's it's just a tough game. It's like, oh, he could have covered it, but it's I don't fault him this game at all for those goals. I mean, especially the freaking fourth goal. <laughs> yeah, no, but definitely not. It, it's just a weird, tough sort of game, something that you should absolutely not see again for a long time yeah. mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but let a, like I, I'm completely fine with Jack Campbell and how he played tonight. Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. One of the goals he ended up on his back. I know he's a yeah, bit of a yeah. floppy goal. That but was crazy. He was on his back. I don't think I've ever ended up in that position where my head is facing the other goalie and I'm on my <laughs> back like that. It was it was a little odd, but 100 percent stick should have been tied up and then give the give your goalie a chance there. You have numbers in front of the net, right? And I, I would be a little more critical of Jack Campbell if he didn't also save our ass multiple times this game because he didn't multiple yeah. time on multiple occasions make make that important he, save to keep us in the game. He had a really good save on a Shea Weber point shot on the power play that he was able to save with his shoulder. And then there was another play at the end of the second where you know we were kind of gaining momentum back after the uh, Hyman goal. And Suzuki kind of had a quick break in. I wouldn't call it a breakaway, but he had an open look, and he tried to put it right over his glove hand, and Campbell, again, mm-hmm. deflected it wide, which was a really good save Yeah, he, well. was in, he was in good position on that yeah. one. Um, but Suzuki's a, a shooter, too. That's yeah, one yep. thing that you have to consider on that play right there. Nick Suzuki is a terrific shooter, so and he made the big, sta- big save, kept us in it in that one, kept us alive. Um, one thing, so... Any 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 players that you were you were critical of tonight specifically? I thought we didn't get much from our bottom six tonight. I know we've mm-hmm. been terrible. We've been uh, pretty positive on them, but if you if you look at the numbers, the Thornton Spezza Brooks line, three shot attempts, four eight against. Like they basically had no sustained yeah, they were pressure. Brutal. And uh, kind of same thing with the third line with Engvall, Makayev, and Simmons. They were, I think kind of similar like five shot attempts four six against and then lost the expected goals battle too i know we like to bring up those fancy stats but yeah just a low impact night from those guys i hate to harp on this guy again but i mean Ilya makayev really really struggled tonight again i thought he was gonna pot one in when he had that little rush taken to the outside and then shea weber was able to break up the pass yeah it was marner got the original shot right and then the puck, the rebound came out and it just missed them there. Mm-hmm. Is that the one you're thinking of? I, I, I don't even know. There was, I was thinking of the, the, I'm thinking of the rush when he like, he was rushing up the ice. Weber broke it up. He had a pass across. Okay. I think I forgot who it was too, but yeah, I thought he was going to get one tonight, but Pierre Engvall had a good look. Um, the plus four fifty bet on him was a tough one to watch simply because he, other than that one shot, he really didn't get that mm-hmm. many good looks to it. Wayne Simmons, again, uh, was a quiet night. I mean, he's been playing over his head 100% yeah. the past couple games, but just that night, that line overall, they they lost the battle slightly, and you just didn't feel that much energy coming from them. You're an energy line. You have two yeah. big, fast players on that line, and then you have a big punch in the face in Wayne Simmons there, and you didn't quite get that good mix, that good vibe from that, that line that you usually get or what you're intended to get from them, right? That was my feeling with them. But I I thought that the uh I thought like in terms of defense that the depth defense had a tough night yep, tonight I too. Agree. I mean Rasmus Sandin that goes without saying just a tough night coming back into the lineup there. But Zach Bogosian got beat on a couple plays as well there too. I mean he wasn't he wasn't looking too solid himself, I don't in my opinion tonight either. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we touched on it last episode. I kind of want to go back to this quickly. Um, they've really jerked around Rasmus Sandin. Do you want to get into it fully uh, right now? Do you want to save it or what? Uh, let's save it. Okay, we're going to save it. Save it you know where this that is That was going. the we'll DM's question right, All right, we'll now. tease it. We'll tease it. We'll get but, into the fully Rasmus Sandin. And- but I, I think Jason has a point, like, maybe in favor of Sandin. It's easy to really, you know, crap on his game. He had two turnovers that led directly to goals, but... I think maybe a little better support from the other players on the ice. Namely, I think Bogosian could have helped him on the second goal. Yeah. And Engvall, giving mm-hmm. him a little better mm-hmm. outlet options. And on the first goal, I think like not it's not really a blame game, but Joe Thornton did kind of have the puck. And fumbled and it. And kind of fumbled it. Yeah, not, again, it's not... We don't want to play the blame game necessarily, mm-hmm. but to give the kid a little bit of a break, maybe? Because it would be easy to go in and say, hey, turn it over twice. They benched him. He was mm-hmm. terrible, but... I just know that's going to be like the the media 
narrative over the over the next couple of days is that Rasmus Sandin lost us that game. And I'm just I just don't want what happened to Jake Garner to happen to Rasmus Sandin. He's twenty one years old. He's our first round pick. He can make mistakes. And you know what? Like he's not the only player on the ice. This is in tennis. There's five people on the ice, right? Like there's four other guys who can help him out. And I, I just don't think that in those situations, like he just didn't get didn't get help from his guys. And that's that happens. He was he was the focal point of those turnovers. But like Bogosian, I, I thought he made the wrong play. Like he should have been on the other side of the ice for that. That um, That's the third goal, the Kotkaniemi the, the, goal? The third goal, because Kotkaniemi dumps it into the left corner. Sandin retrieves it, shakes Josh Anderson, and he's kind of like he's kind of stuck behind the net because Bogosian's in front of him behind the net, and then Engvall's on the other side of him. He kind of has nowhere to go. They're both too close to him to make an immediate outlet pass, yeah. I would say. Yeah, and I, I think everyone should just rewatch that that whole play. Just to see it for themselves, and then um, it's almost like, like you pointed out to me, you slowed it down, which was great. By the time that he could have made the outlet pass, Kotkaniemi just kind of got his foot on exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, he was there. Uh, and then and- on top of that, off of the turnover there, it was like one in four in front of the net on mm-hmm. Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and he's no, yeah, nobody could get there. a stick on you. Yeah, that's a little bit. Hmm, I don't know about that one, but overall, the Leafs tonight had trouble. Uh, breaking the puck out i felt yeah, like it, it was bouncing around out there the ice condition isn't great but it, it just felt like there wasn't that zip zip and out of the zone kind of thing shut up jc he actually pointed that out a few times but yeah um it was uh, overall tonight they just had trouble breaking it out and unfortunately sandine's two fumbles ended up in the back of the uh, in the back Where of our goes. net it's tough um we'll get to that later though but yes uh we'll get to that one a little bit later but like the depth guys again it feels like when they step up, when we have at least half of them stepping up, we have a much easier time with this Montreal Canadiens team. And I thought tonight, someone, I think Marco D'Amico, uh, stats and scrimmages on Twitter pointed out, he's a Montreal fan too. He was saying Leafs have last shift, or maybe it was Jack Hand, I can't remember which one. Either or, Leafs have last shift tonight. Montreal did not play... A lot of people were upset with Montreal's lineup that they rostered tonight, especially no Alex Romanov in there. Leafs have last shift, and they didn't... I felt like they didn't quite take advantage of it like they could have. Like, they didn't catch Montreal out there with their fourth line, and then you just hammer them with Matthews, Marner, Hyman kind of thing. It just felt like... Like, we had the lineup advantage there. We had the home ice advantage, and we didn't quite take advantage of it like I expected us to. Maybe I expected this little factor way too much, but I don't know. It was just one thing that that I noticed on that uh, in that factor right there. I agree. And again, the coaching matters, obviously. The couple moves I think we all disagree with. Like Nylander needs to be on the top power play. I'm sorry. Like it's mm-hmm. just enough, enough. Yeah. He's right. on fire. Like Did reward we... him. Did we score? So we got a, a power play. It was the we Brendan scored, Gallagher I think it was interference 10 seconds on after. Mitch Marner. I yeah. mean, yes. Okay. So we scored right after it. But yeah. who was on the ice and who got the secondary yeah. assist? No, absolutely. And the one thing I will give Keith credit for is he gave Nylander a couple extra shifts with mm-hmm. the third line. With, um, with I think it was Mikhaev and Engvall, which yeah. I liked to see because he deserves it. Guys, this guy is on fire right now. He even gave him a shift with Matthews He Marner. did, Matthews and Marner. So... One thing I just want to say. But he only finished with 1642. I, I thought know, that was a little A little strange. low. I, that was odd too. A little low again. But this is one thing I just want to say is like, okay, if you've been critical of him in the past, that's fine. It's hard to ha- give credence to anybody saying that he hasn't been really good in this series. Like he's just he's been, been awesome. great. And if you, if you don't think that, I don't really know what you're necessarily watching. Then you turn your head away from the TV <laughs> and, and staring and, and at the wall. And if you don't, and if you just game. don't like him, that's fine. Just say you don't like him. Don't criticize his play this series. Like he's played great. That's, I just wanted to add that in. No, he's been awesome. I don't understand how anyone could be critical of his play. Like, like just they're trolling you. If, if people are saying they are, because he's been, in my opinion, he's been our best skater. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Not even close to be. I mean, I guess to, to go back to what I was saying, the, the lineup's advantage. I mean, I guess you could say Keith was trying to take, adva- take advantage of it by putting – he put Nylander out there a couple times to try to take advantage of the lineup matchups. I just thought he would do a lot more kind of with it. So the, another thing I want to point out is if you look at the time on ice for Mikhaev, Engvall, and Simmons together, it was almost 10 minutes for them at 5-on-5 five five mm-hmm. together. In a game where you go down 3-0 early – 
that's a little too much for that type of line. You know what I mean? I would have rather seen a little bit of, you know, throw the, the jumble on, little mix and match, maybe put Spezza. Yeah, I think he did that one shift. Mm-hmm. Put Spezza up there, give Nylander more double shifts, even give Matthews a double shift and kind of go to nine forwards and mix and match a bit. The, the thing is you lean – you all our top line played 24 minutes there, like yeah. tonight. So you can't really lean on those guys too, too much. You you Like you said, you got to kind of get Nylander in there. He only played 17 minutes tonight, and I'm looking at his uh, – his uh, time on ice. Less drew. than 17. Less than 17. 16. Holy smokes. 16.42 or 16.43. But also, I mean, Zach Hyman, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner all together played 18.39, five on five together. That's mm-hmm. a crazy amount mm-hmm. versus Galchenia, Kerfoot, Nylander, 11.25. However, like Kerfoot played decent tonight. Galchenyuk oh, will get into, good and bad. Mm-hmm. but I felt like they could have mixed up that line maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I understand Galchenyuk did get the assist on the Jake Muzzin tying goal, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake Muzzin. It was a good play by him, yes. but like he just overall, even before the overtime, didn't look great. Yeah, I didn't think he looked that good tonight, honestly, before that, and he, I thought he saved himself with the, the So I think we're all in goal. agreement, yeah. though, in terms of what we would have liked to have seen better was – more of the top line, more mm-hmm. of your top guys out there, which crazy to say it at this point. Never thought I would say it, especially this year. Kerfoot should have been out there a little bit oh, more yeah, as well. Yeah, He's yeah. been grinding. Got a couple great chances tonight. But I thought more of the top guys and more mix and match and try to your nine best forwards that you have, whatever you think your nine best forwards to get you a goal are, I think thought we could have saw that a little bit more tonight. Absolutely. And even the top line, like you said, they played 18 minutes. I'm just going to run through the stats quickly here. They had over 50% of the shot attempts, and even more specifically, they had 70% of the expected goals when they were on the ice. The scoring chances were 15-9 to with them on the ice, and the high danger chances were 8-2 to with them on the ice. I know it only resulted in one goal. I'm telling you, there's a a lot of criticism criticism for Mitch Marner, a little bit for Matthews, which I saw today, which is interesting. The pucks are going to go in for these guys. We we look at these stats all year. It it doesn't mean they they don't matter in the playoffs anymore. I understand it's shortened, and as we say, production matters, but they're still playing well. So just it'll come with those guys. It will. The important thing is they're doing the right things that that lead to goals and – I, I know it's tough not seeing them produce because we're used to them scoring every other game, uh, almost two goals every other game, right? But they're doing the right things, and and, and it will come. Like, we're playing hot goalies. What are you going to do? Carey Price has been fantastic, and it's tough. I want to point out one thing that I noticed Price was doing. I think Mills pointed this out. Actually, shout out Gordo. He's really challenging our shooters, oh, yeah. especially oh, yeah. tonight. It kind of costed him because it led to the Hyman goal where Marner kind of just took it around mm-hmm. him. He fumbled the puck, but then he was able to throw it on net and jam play it went in. There was another play where Hyman had a two-on-one, and he came out so far. It was interesting. But it, they, they completely took out the pass there and just mm-hmm. let Zach Hyman t- take that. I felt Montreal's like they gave – I don't want to say their defensive strategy was strong simply because they gave up a lot of good chances, mm-hmm. and that's not a good defensive strategy. However – in opportunities when there was, when the Leafs had numbers going up, meaning they had the advantage, it was an odd man rush. I felt like Montreal played it very strategically, where it was, you are absolutely not getting this pass across. We are letting you go one on one with Carey Price. And Carey Price stood to the challenge there. He came out, he was at the beyond the top of his crease in the white ice, which you don't see too, too many goalies doing nowadays, especially he's. He's a decently sized goaltender too, but he was moving so well and he was reading plays very well tonight, I, I noticed. There was a couple times, not to rag on like, oh, like this is a bad thing. It's just a matter of the Leafs had a couple opportunities where they had the puck for a good amount of time in a high danger area. Allah, I think Mitch Marner got chances like that. William Nylander especially got chances like that, and Zach Hyman got chances like that, where Carey Price came out, challenged. He went down early, but stayed right with them and made the huge save on all of them. I mean, he w- he was the difference maker tonight. In he my was opinion. really good. He oh, was yeah. really good. He again. was really good. Even he, the goals that went in, like the, the Muzzin tip. It's garbo. The Muzzin tip, it's like a – it's tough. because Muzzin he, tip, Muzzin screen no, shot. He, no way he Zach saw that Zach Hyman, shot. pack, pack, yeah, pack, pack. Exactly. <laughs> Kind of thing like uh, to for your positives tonight. I, I want to go first on this one. Um, 
If you're going to take any positive away from tonight, in my opinion, it's this. The Leafs could not buy a goal on their clear-cut high-danger chances. Look at William Nylander's chances tonight. Yeah. He was... You just couldn't buy a goal. Marner couldn't buy a goal. He Zach really Hyman a goal. got a goal, but couldn't buy one where it was him shooting the puck. Another the breakaway. Another breakaway. Oh, Madonna mia. Um, and off, off the top of my head, those were the ones that stood out. But this team worked their butts off not to let the, the that be the bottom line, that to be the headline of the game, that Carey Price stole the game. Those three goals that they scored were all pretty damn ugly, but in a game like tonight, that's exactly mm-hmm. what you needed. Just go to the net. Throw it kind of on net at some points. You don't want to always be doing that because that will ruin your possession, but just th- Galchenyuk throwing it to the net and Jake Muzzin being in front. Jake Muzzin throwing it to the net, getting through a screen. Mitch Marner fumbling the puck on a very good look. He's shooting it from behind the net instead of he had an open net. It fell off his stick. He's shooting it from behind the net. And it just finds a way to go in because they were just they were determined tonight, kind of thing, but not in the first half. They stunk in the first half. But it's exactly what you needed. And you didn't quite get that last year in Columbus. You didn't I didn't quite see it against Boston either the years before. So that was my positive that I took away from this game. Yeah, they showed good resilience for sure. Mm-hmm. Really, really, you know, to get back into that game where they it felt kind of like, oh, geez, this is not our night. But, you know, you chip away, get know, a lot of good just chances. You. I, I hit oh, them yeah. down 2 0. Oh, <laughs> so that was I. almost a good one. <laughs> that was almost a great one. You didn't anticipate the old uh, pizza up the middle, but. <laughs> no, it was, it, in the end, it was like. 0-3 tonight on my bat. So. <laughs> Away she goes. Uh, we, we, had, we had Mitch Marner scoring a goal, too, and that one hurt. I thought he yeah, was. <laughs> I thought that he did score that goal. One thing I just want to quickly say about uh, Mitch Marner, like I'm a pretty big fan of his, so I don't want to come off as like a homer here, but obviously he needs to produce more. I think if like any Leafs fan would say that, you want more production from him, even in the top line in general. But I see a couple of people saying he's not engaged. A lot of the stats people saying he's not engaged. But then I pull up the numbers that these people like to reference, and he, he's like has basically been one of our best forwards in terms of five-on-five five possession, expected goals, including individual scoring chances for, individuals ex- expected goals for. So maybe that just doesn't matter anymore, which is fine. Just let me know so I know what we're looking at. But don't say he's not engaged, especially the last two games. He's had a ton of chances. So... I just don't, in my opinion, I don't like when it's framed like that. That's like what they used to say about William Nylander. That's like what Steve Simmons says about William Nylander, that he's not engaged. William Nylander was never not engaged in the play. So I just don't, I don't like that criticism personally. But I still think he needs to produce more. I would like to see him score. I would like to see Matthew score as well. But again, look at the numbers of the line, of the first line. They've actually generated a lot of chances. So it could be a little bit of a snake-bitten scenario here which doesn't mean that he's not engaged. That's that's all I wanted to say. Do you think you mix up the top line just to change up your luck almost? I'm good with whatever. As long as you play, I'd like to see Nylander play more, as long as those other guys are still playing a lot too. Mm-hmm. I'm not that picky about it. Again, they're getting a lot of chances. So I, I in my opinion, I think Keith's probably looking at that and going, okay, these are going to go in soon, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like he's got, Mitch Marner has 15 shots in five games, zero goals. Not not. William Nylander has 15 shots and four goals, right? So, I mean, it's not like he's not shooting the puck. I know people think he's not shooting the puck, but he is shooting the puck. So, That's partially my fault. I've been pushing that narrative. No, but it's true. He doesn't. But the, especially the last two <laughs> games. It's making me laugh. Especially the last two games. I mean, there, he had a play where he made a beautiful zone entry with Matthews. Crisscrossed, delayed, had a good shot. It ended up be, He was going five-hole on Price. It looked like it was open. Ended up being tipped by the stick of the defenseman goes into Price's chest, and you see him turn off and look to this guy and say, I can't effing buy one. Like, you could read his lips and see him say it. That doesn't sound like a guy that's not engaged to me. Again, maybe I'm a homer in the situation saying that. But in my opinion, that's not a guy who doesn't care or isn't engaged. And and I'm not saying it's he's played great or it, the fact that he has zero goals is like, excusable he needs to produce as we say it's a production business here in the playoffs but i mean if again if we look at the numbers it's probably going to come around let's just see yeah the odds makers still have him above plus 200 i believe to score a goal in a game um i would know because i've been hawking those every single game um don't worry we'll we'll win one what do you guys think of that rant do you think i'm being a homer or do you think i'm being fair no i think think you are being fair it's just a little 
frustrating overall to think that like it's been this is the set going on the second playoffs now. How many games played and he has how many goals? Yeah, no, no goals. That's obviously no, not good. Especially enough. for a guy that was scoring this year. He was yeah. putting the biscuit in the basket this year, yeah. which is it's just it's unfortunate, but it's like I don't know, not engaged for a guy that's generating this many chances. Yeah. I just think I, I don't know I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't wanna like crap on other people to justify Mitch Marner, but it's also like our goal scorers aren't getting goals either. John Tavares, like John Tavares last year in the playoffs only had two goals. I think so no, far overall he looked great in those playoffs. No, I'm I'm just two saying goals in I'm, five games. Two goals in five games. But no, Math- I know what you're saying. His on ice shooting percentage, which we look at, is is extremely low compared yeah. to what it is in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Ma- Matthews as well has what three goals over the past two play four goals over the past two playoffs in ten games. Has, well what, just look at this one. Playoffs. Just look at this one, right? Yeah. He's Matthews has one obviously you know, if they couple of those chances go in, you're looking at it differently. But hey, again, it's a production based business. So but he's also still producing though. He has four points in five games. Which I know, but that's is not enough not, for people. That's yeah. just fine. It's not enough. Okay, I agree. He's got to do four more. Four points in five games, but also he is like to be to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. He is playing a significant a lot of minutes. Of time. Exactly. Of course, yeah. Exactly. Over twenty minutes. Over twenty one. No. Over. So twenty seven, twenty three. First game. Twenty two fifty. Twenty four, twenty five. 1941. Now we gave him a little break mm-hmm. last game, and 24-28. Those are huge. Yeah. So you want, I, and I agree, you want more pro, more production. Yeah. So hopefully he does. I mean, again, I think he will. All signs are pointing towards him, like the puck eventually dropping. Absolutely for him and Matthews. 100%. I don't want to see any Austin Matthews criticism. By the way, sorry. No. I'll I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the Mitch tonight. Marner. I I don't want to see Matthews criticism. That's tonight all. only. I, I I wasn't in love with how he played tonight. Okay, that's fair. He, I thought he was, again, still engaged. I think he led our team in hits tonight. Maybe, you know, the yeah, puck wasn't engaged. bouncing his way. Just offensively, he didn't yeah, play maybe. the way I would have liked. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I just that's don't all. want it to get to the to level that, that Twitter can get it to. That's all. Yeah. That's because, fair. hey, don't don't take for granted these guys, by the way, I, off of sure. five games. That's, that's sure. another thing I want to say. And just because we could, I just want to, like, I don't, I don't, I love every single player on this team. When I criticize them, it's because I love yeah. them and I, I see things that I would like them to improve. And the only reason why I say those things is because I know they can do better. Yeah. Right? So we're doing an episode per game. Like, we're yeah, looking very pretty much at yeah. this game. It's yeah. not, I'm not saying because he didn't play up to my standards mm-hmm. this game that it's like the contract is a waste he's a waste yeah exactly Toronto's well you see that on twitter it. from people who claim you know to be experts or about you know the analytics More looking like past the looking past the variance about it. i think the only guy who really i really want to give credit to every game i think has great tweets even funny tweets is dom from the athletic yeah. he's always pretty level-headed as well about it so yeah agreed and yeah his game score value does have Matthews and Marner both. They like, they've produced like the highest game score value over the past over overall the past five games. They've been up there for our forwards. So yep, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, your top performers for tonight. Who wants to go first? Should we all say it at the same time? Uh, let's go first star. I gotta give it to Jake Muzzin. Ooh, interesting. I thought he played r- really like he he scored two goals. Helped us no, out yeah, a lot. That was that can't was say great. no to production, and I thought he played. Pretty, he played okay defensively. He did. I feel. I think he might have given up the ex, expected goals for share, expected goal shares. But um, I have to look that one up again. He uh, pr- production is what matters, right? We we like the production. So I, I'm going to give my first start to Jake Muzzin. I'll be honest. After after the third period ended, I really badly wanted Galchenyuk to score so I could say two games in a row. This guy proved me wrong. That didn't exactly happen. I mean. Obviously, we all saw what happened in overtime. I want to give credit to the the first pair overall. I, I also want to give a little love to Morgan Riley. He's been pretty good. Like we've They're given fine. him a, a lot of criticism. He had a couple good, really good defensive plays today. Again, yes, yes, he did. So, I mean, again, I was very critical of this guy all year, but he, I think he's really stepped up. I think he played maybe the most minutes he's played all season tonight in terms of. 27 yeah, he played, okay, 5 yeah. on 5 overall. Wow. 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 Overall, really he played 28-22. Wow. Okay, a complete yeah. monster. And deservedly so. And the numbers he put up, him and, him and TJ Brody led the Leafs in expected goals for, probably led this game, 84.6% for Morgan Riley. Wow. And TJ Brody was at 74.61. And then followed by Mitch Marner, Austin, Zach Hyman, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. And then Ilya Mikheyev, what the hell? 
Yeah, you guys' so, numbers make no sense. We got to dig into this. I, I don't, two I games don't, in a row. This is fraudulent. <laughs> I don't know. This if, is why you combine the numbers with watching the games. This guy's the yeah. biggest backseat driver ever, and he's putting up these numbers. This is. We're gonna look into this. This is this justice will be served here. Um, okay. So in terms of my first star, did you give yours? I didn't even remember. I, I said Morgan Riley. I also okay. just want to give a little second star, William Nylander again. Okay, so you gave your first two? Yeah. My first star was William Nylander, 100%. Oh, I stole the it from team you. Was, the team was down. They were flat, and I felt like he was the one driving. It was the William Nylander show out there, and we saw a lot of Sheldon Keefe going, throw 88 back out there kind of thing because one's going to drop for him. Unfortunately, one didn't drop. It happens. You, you got to take one game off. First time in what, how many? He's got, he was on a four-game goal streak yeah, yeah. before this. So he was generating chances. I thought he this honestly may have been his best overall game, even though he didn't score. Yeah. The amount of chances he had, again, his he's so good in the neutral zone with his zone entries. Like he's oh, yeah. just just with that speed, head up, great hands, great great uh great footwork always. And the game tying goal was a William Nylander yep. in transition mm-hmm. through the neutral zone to Jake Muzzin. That pass there from one side of the ice to the other. It was a great kickstarter to the play so that's why he's my first star uh, because i went last we'll do a little snake draft my second star tonight i'm gonna say zach hyman it's just yeah, he was these good. two guys the reason why i felt like they were so important to this game the leafs went down 3-0 they looked ugly in the first half of the game and i felt like it was just every shift you were getting something from them you were getting a kick you were getting a kick in the ass you were getting life from these two. That's why I, I felt like they, they kept the, the, the Leafs engaged. They kept them in this game kind of thing. And they were they were rewarded. They both ended up with points tonight. So my second start tonight is Zach Hyman. That's fair. Can I take William Nylander? Or yeah. I t- okay, I was going to say William Nylander. So that's second star. I think Jason would have said the same. I'll go different, though. I thought... Well, TJ Brody, I thought he played well tonight. I also my second star. Are, are we doing third star too? Are we going full like classic hockey here? Third star, I'm gonna give it to Rasmus Sandin because I love the kid and I don't want him to beat himself up for it. I so. think I thought Mitch Marner played well tonight. Yeah, a lot of chances. So Mitch Marner. I, I also he did generate Marzo. the goal there. Don't forget mm-hmm. that. But. My third star was Jake Muzzin. Those two goals. I mean, yeah, yeah. Great shot from the point, uh, and then a great tip to drive the net. Jake Muzzin driving the net. He was fired up too when that puck went <laughs> oh, in. Oh yeah, I think the funniest was um, Cuthbert. Is it? yeah, Chris Cuthbert when Jake Muzzin took the the shot near the end of the third period, took a, a point shot, and Cuthbert went. Oh, he's looking for the hat trick. But when you look at the shot, it was, was going like directly yeah. into the. He took a slap shot and it was going directly into the corner. Yeah. He's looking for the tip. It's like Chris, I, I don't think that's don't think how he, a hat yeah. trick works, <laughs> unless he's uh, aiming for a Montreal Canadiens shin pads there. If but, he was, if he was able to connect with that pass, I'm convinced it was going in. Wayne Simmons, I was in the right position. Yeah, it, just it just bounced, bounced off, off Makaya's yeah. foot, right? Okay, so I, can we talk about the overtime goal? Or no, we just don't want to talk about it. Uh, we will get into yeah because uh, disappointments for tonight. Go ahead. We'll Dis- get into it. I mean, Sandine and. Galchenyuk, I think those are the two major talking points. Yeah, I think I think the bottom six tonight. didn't have the energy. I feel like I feel like people forget we have this guy. Like, let's get Felino back in the lineup. We gave yeah. a first round pick for this guy. I feel like his energy, if he's able to play game six, will mm-hmm. be very helpful. But I just wanted to quickly break down the overtime goal because I heard a little, I heard and saw on Twitter a little discourse about you know Bogosian maybe with an overly aggressive pinch. Jason knows a lot about, you know, the Leafs offensive strategy and kind of their game plan on a bit of a deeper level. So is that, a, a, a so I, I think it's been something they've been doing all year. Uh, and I think it's something that they want to do is when the, the puck gets rung around to the weak side, um, they have that, that, that defender come in and pinch because there's basically no one there and they want to be the first to the puck and either you get that puck and you pick it up or it, it goes by you and you have, your winger there supporting you, which he did, and and that's kind of what happened. And and you see it a lot with Mitch. Mitch Marner ends up with that puck a lot. You see Mitch Marner on that point getting that puck a lot. And ideally, you were able to make a a, a good pass, and you know. But we 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 know what happened. Uh, Galchenyuk picked it up, and, and it that's one. 
you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. Like that was a hundred times worse than any Rasmus Sandin. Oh, oh yeah, he wasn't looking. He had, I I don't. He had Kerfoot in front of the net actually in the slot, wide open, and it's like you don't want to rag on a guy, but you 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 do have to be a little bit better. But in that situation, just an inexcusable pass, mm -hmm. blind pass up the middle. Mm -hmm. You are aware that your defender has pinched, so your only help behind you is the defender on the opposite side, and for that pass to get through there's got to be nobody near you right like even if it gets through my god it's a risky pass and the risk reward there is just not worth it ideally again bogosian's able to get the puck on that pinch he didn't but i think like you said what their game plan is in the offensive zone that is the right play that's the play that they're you know taught to do and galchenyuk made the right play as well to support him on the boards it's just he had he got pressure in his face and he panicked and it happens. It's hockey. Split second decision just like that can change the game and it did. <laughs> and yeah, you got to give credit for Cole Caulfield for being awake enough to to jump up and and intercept that pass. Um, it's interesting because yeah. I I like he was kind of quieter tonight than the other yeah. two games and just when you just when you sleep on him he makes S- that seems play to bite us in overtime. Yeah. A big transition, actually. I got a great DM here. So, look, obviously, I'm going to repeat it. The question tonight was uh, thoughts on Rasmus Sandin's situation. Should he sit next game? Uh, Kyle DeMarkey reached out saying, play him play him through. And then he asked, do you think the give over by Galchenyuk messes with his confidence in the series? Absolutely. How could it not? And I hope it doesn't. But, I mean, putting yourself in his shoes, like, man, it's almost different if it's like a a, a more I don't want to say veteran but like a better player on your team because then that guy can be like you know my bad guys like a guy that wasn't scratched in game one. exactly it's yeah. a, you know he's been given that opportunity where you know if Felino's healthy we're not sure if he even plays right and he's done he's done good for us I don't know if that's grammatically correct whatever he's done well for us obviously last game set up a couple goals but he's also been invisible for large stretches I, I don't know. Do you even? Do you even? Is he playing next game? I don't know. I, I think so. It, I mean, it depends. How, how well has Adam Brooks been over these past? No, two not great. Yeah. Not, not pretty quiet as well. So it's between those two. I, I think Galchenyuk gets the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt because yeah. he did play so well the game before that. And I made this point to you earlier. Uh, like Galchenyuk, if you're gonna get like 58 minutes of just like not great play. But you're gonna get two minutes of a ch- of where he has got the chance to bury it. I kind of keep him in the lineup, especially against a team like Montreal, where they're they're defensively pretty strong. And I yeah. mean, Carey Price is playing his, out of his mind, and you really need that secondary scoring because they seem to be locking down that top line. That's a really good very point. very well. Yeah. So I keep him in next game. I, I I if I'm the coaching staff, I give him the vote of confidence and more, just so because you know what you have in him. And like, this is a guy that's been dicked around his whole career. Like, wouldn't you just love, does the city need that redemption story Mm -hmm. right there? So it's a great question. Obviously, how could it not mess with his confidence as you said, but I keep him in there. Yeah. I I would keep him in there too. I don't think there's any reason to, to take him out. I I think there's guys who've been worse. And the only way you take him out is, if Felino like Felino comes back, I think Brooks is gone. I think Brooks is out. I think that's the right thing to do. And the only way you take him out then is if you want to play Nash. And I don't think Nash is the right player to play this series. Yeah, I, I don't think that you'd rather have the offensive. Player. Exactly, yeah, because I think we are where we're, we're losing the like we where we're we need to get more goals. Carey Price is playing really well. Simple as that. We need to, we need to find ways to score on Carey Price. I think we've done very well in our defensive zone. Even though this game it could have been a bit better, but I, I think. We, Nash is not the correct player we need in this. There were a couple of shitty plays in our own mm-hmm. end that I feel like you're not. They're not sustainable in terms of mm-hmm. goals for Montreal. Yeah, yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. If, that's not going to happen every single game. Yeah, let's get into the DMs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, we got some good ones. We got some good explanations here, and I'm I'm really happy that this is the overall sentiment about Rasmus Sandin. Uh, got one from Owen Clute. He said, "For sitting, do you sit Rasmus Sandin? No, get him back in there. He fucked up. He." That's the first time I've ever sworn on this podcast, but who cares? I'll believe it. He messed up, but the the vets just need to be more vocal with him on the ice. Love it. Uh, we got a good one. Alex messaged in saying, no, mistakes will, will be made. He's young and he'll learn. He's an actual hockey coach as well, so it's a good uh, like that. opinion from there. Uh, Stu, Stewie Mills said, don't 
think don't we think Sheldon kind of killed his momentum mm. pulling him right after he <laughs> scored? Can we do we want to elaborate on that? I think killed his momentum by sitting him in game four A. Yeah. And then B tonight it was just it was an uphill battle and he slipped and he, didn't, he fell. It it was weird too cuz he did play two shifts after yeah. after that turnover and then it's like it's like almost like why even play like why even play given those two shifts. Like Especially you're an offensive defenseman, yeah. you're young. He hasn't played that that much this year. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. Like the mistakes can easily happen and when they do, it's in the back of your net. So, a hundred like let's get into some other ones of these. Mark Batero said Galchenyuk scratch, which is funny because he said Galchenyuk shoved that opinion up your ass. So, I said <laughs> Watch out, Mark. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, clip that one. Um, there was one more. Oh, uh, Keith's Sammy Hill, Sam Hilsey, frequent, uh, frequent, not caller, but DMer. I, guess, I don't know, contributor. Keith Seward, I'm sitting him in game four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can we talk about that? Yeah. Yes, I think we. I thought those are all good suggestions. I, yeah. I appreciate that the sentiment. I think. The people who write in, by the way, are a lot more knowledgeable than the general sentiment I see on Twitter. It's from very what even I found. keeled, too. Yeah, yeah. I, which I appreciate. Um, this was not a DM for this, but Toby was was very positive about the Pierre Engvall a goal bet. He was uh, he was egging me on. Sorry, it didn't pull nah, through. It would have been nice, okay. a nice plus four fifty. Hey, look, Mike Babcock's on the screen. Yeah. Okay. So you switching asshole. the subject back to not Mike Babcock things. Again, what we talked about last game, when you're going to sit a guy who's been playing well, it, it has to kind of mess with his confidence, especially with how much, again, he's been sat over the past calendar year. Joe said it already last episode. He didn't play for basically an entire year, 365 days. And I think Kristen Shilton, give her credit, was bang on for the reasoning of why he sat because Dermot came in, they won, and then Dermot came out. So her reasoning to call back to last episode was, okay, they want to give Dermot a game to keep him engaged. And what we said is... In case they need him. What we said is, okay, but now you're messing with Rasmus Sandin, who you also want to keep engaged. (laughs) And I'm not going to say, again, correlation doesn't equal causation, I believe is the quote. I'm not going to say the reason that Sandin had those two turnovers was because he was scratched for Travis Dermot. But, I mean... It definitely couldn't have helped his confidence. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, maybe, okay, now maybe they go back to Dermot and at least you gave him a game, but I just don't like this in and out, especially when we were, we were up in the series. We really had control. Yeah. I, I just, I don't it, know. I know it's the bottom pair. Maybe we're nitpicking a bit, but this is still your, your this is your like prized defensive prospect for the future. Yeah. It's just a little too much up and down. Again, like you said, you don't want him to become Jake Gardner. I'm not saying he's, even even as good or as bad as Jake Gardner, whatever you want to interpret that as, you just don't want him to become the Larry Murphy, Jake Gardner, whipping boy on the Leafs. Like which, I understand it's tough also. Like you need to win now, but like look what's happening with, with Lilgren and, and Rasmus Sandin. Like it's you've pretty much killed what I don't think Lilgren has another year after the, you've pretty much killed Lilgren's ELC. entry mm-hmm. entry yeah. level contract to yeah. keep him in the Marley so long. Like it did help up until last year, but this year I felt like he should have been given more of a chance. And now Rasmus Sandin having to sit so long and then he gets injured and he gets pulled back out of the lineup. It's a lot of janking around as you were saying, and it's not, not very good for his, his development. So I have a question on to piggyback off of your question for the people in the dms again thank you for everyone for writing and i agree like i don't think he should necessarily sit but do you think keith will sit him i'm gonna say no just to manifest it into the universe there and i i I think he kind you you gotta have that if you're a sensible human you gotta have that in the back of your head like maybe we we may we it was a bit of an oversight to pull him out there i mean again Great on the power play. He's a fantastic puck mover at five on five as well. He's a very gifted offensive player. It was just a tough night, and I really hope they just take that as what it is. A tough night. Yeah, no, I I I hope they do because what what's the alternative option? P- putting Travis Dermott in, having him play ten minutes as well. Like he's I don't think he's gonna be as good as Sandin over those ten minutes if even if he does play. 
Uh, I, I just don't, I just don't understand the, 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 the Dermot, the Dermot love I, that I've seen by some people on Twitter. I just don't, I don't, I think everything Sandin does. It's a lot of nothing. It's a lot exactly. of third line kind of, I feel like, like his the decision, thing. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it's a lot of his decision making with the puck isn't that great and he isn't overly gifted enough to do kind of anything with it. Right. I mean, not, that's not to say, I, I'm not, I don't want to rag on Travis Dermott because I, I like him in the third mm-hmm. pairing there. However, do I, I don't like him more than Rasmus Sandin. And to see that kind of back and forth, like who competition kind of thing, it, it just makes me push more t- on the negative towards Travis Dermott, which is unfortunate. So here's my answer to my own question. I know we've done a pretty good job at, you know, putting ourselves in Sheldon Keith's shoes and predicting the moves he's going to make. The next game's in Montreal. So they have the benefit of the last change. You saw how little he trusted him tonight after those turnovers. I think just because he doesn't totally trust him at five on five right now, I don't think he wants that situation to come up where in his opinion he's in a he's putting Sandine in a position he's not ready for, which could be, you know, a defensive zone draw where they have last change and now you have Suzuki and uh Tofoli out against a guy you're not confident in. So for that reason, I think you'll probably see Dermot game six. That's a good point. That's that a, is a yeah. very good point. Uh, thank you to everyone that wrote in. Those answers were awesome. Uh, we'll keep doing these every single episode. Uh, also, if you want to just send in an unsolicited DM as well, that sounded a little <laughs> creepy, but if you want to just get like, we'll talk about it. If you have a yeah, good point to make, I, I think a lot of these followers are pretty sharp. We answer people who listen. Yeah. So if you want to send something in for us to talk about, it's, Feel free. The last remaining one was from Dylan Fournier, and he asked, how often do you podcast? <laughs> how, how often you do podcasts? Very. We do podcasts very. <laughs> very. Like, we've done, I think, five in just over a week. So done, if like, you like the content, we're going to keep it coming. Game two and three we did together, but we did one, two, and three, four, and now five. Yeah. So. Um, let's get into a little speed round. We need a name for this segment. This is our segment that I would like to do every episode. Uh, you get a yes or no, and then 10 seconds to explain why that is. Uh, but we need some sort of name for the segment better than speed round. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but we'll come up with something. Someone send in suggestions. We'll, we'll, we'll brand it eventually. Um, let's go. Would you take Galchenyuk out of the lineup game six? No, and that may have more to do with who would potentially be replacing him than necessarily his play. No, you hit the nail on the head. Thank you. No, because what he can do, what he he can score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because he score. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, overall, the Leafs outplayed the Habs tonight. Yes, yes, yes. The Leafs outplayed the Habs tonight, and I think every other game in the series. <laughs> yes, and I, I don't think when Montreal sat. Back like the we saw the Leafs do two games in a row. It wasn't as strong as what we saw from the Leafs. Uh, if there were fans tonight at Scotiabank Arena, the Leafs win this game. Yes, and I would have been contributing to that too. Yes, based on the sole fact that everyone would be yelling "shoot, yeah, shoot." Uh, that's a good point. I, I I'd say yes. I mean, when they tied it up, it didn't quite it didn't quite feel like mm-hmm. a tie up. Yeah. It, and you saw Montreal press back. I don't think yeah. that happens with fans. Yeah. Um. The crowd in Montreal would make a big impact on the game. Plano. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Regardless of the amount of fans, people are saying, "Oh, it's not that many fans." It's it still, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Habs have fans, absolute but... diehard fans, and the ticket prices Ooh. resell are like a thousand dollars. So no, they're oh. up to they're almost five thousand. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, these the, like if we want to give the Habs some credit for something, their fans are nuts. So it's going to make a difference. They've got a good atmosphere there. Um, agree with Keith benching Sandine this game. Uh, no, I disagree. I, I don't. I don't think he should. I, I thought maybe he could have, in the because there was ten minutes there in the third period where I thought he could have played. It was three three um, before going into overtime, and I, I think uh, I, I, he's he's our second best offensive defenseman. Speed round. Let's go. Let's Sorry, go, let's he's, go. Our, he's our second best offensive Agreed. defenseman. We need to score there. I, I disagree with benching because again, these are the kind of the minutes you'd use him more yeah. offensive zone draws, get pucks on net, get his shot going like. One one quick thing. Uh, I know we mustn't score on the power play, but we got a power play and we didn't use them. What what like? Yeah, my, I I, 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 that's the best spot to use. Them, yeah. So. so, 
I'm yeah. not, not complaining, but I'm just saying. I would have liked to have seen him more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say n- a half no almost. Like, I'm no, but like on the closer to 50-50. But I would have liked to see him more out there, and especially what you guys were saying, that second power play. I mean, that seemed like, uh, hey. But he hadn't been playing much before that, so I can see yeah, why yeah. He, he sat him there. All right, last point. How do the Leafs win game six? The pucks go in for the first line. They get at least two goals, and they win. Depth. Depth. Ooh. Depth scoring. Depth scoring from who? Just from from the depth. Like, let's see the boys step up like the they depth, did in game. Uh, the depth. Hey, the depth. Oh. <laughs> I was going to – yeah, exactly that. The first line needs to put the biscuit in the basket for them to win. I mean, this is ridiculous. They, they're relying way too much on the depth. Yeah. Guys to score, that's not going to work – Past um, the unless Canadian it does, <laughs> yeah. Unless it does, it's not going to work past like the second round of the yeah. playoffs. I feel you really need your top guys to step up, and we've seen Matthews do it in playoffs, time and time again, where he just comes into a game and owns it and dominates and scores big goals. So that's how I hundred percent, and I, I have the utmost faith in Jack Campbell and the defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. clean it, keeping it clean back there. But it's going to be a little bit more tough that we haven't faced fans and. God Over knows a year. how long in a long time. So. Dating all the way back to March. March, yep. wow. March of twenty twenty was the last time we had fans. In Tampa Bay. I and think. we smoked. We, we we beat Tampa Bay, I remember. Yeah. Like I don't know. One. Was that the last away that was game? The last game. Yeah. It was the The last Ayers game was game Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay Tampa Bay in Scotiabank Arena. The last away game I believe was Tampa, Tampa. Bay in okay. Tampa. I think. I'm guessing there. It's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a long time there. Uh I think that nails it. If you guys have anything else, yeah, I've tapped out. I think we got all my thoughts out there. Yeah? I think I think that was good. I think we kept it level headed. I mean, there in the past a loss like this, you know, really puts it, it we're still we're still down in the dumps. But again, we tried to stay positive. Look at the positives. I wanna give credit to I I got the Habs came out strong. Well I, I'm I'm the guy where you asked me to say something nice about the Habs and I said two nice things and then about five bad things about them. I thought they came out with the amount of jump that they needed to, you know, start the game off. They're on the right foot, which they clearly did. I thought Carey Price was really good. I thought Philip Deneau made a couple really nice defensive plays on Matthews. Mm -hmm. One little poke check that probably stopped a three-on-one. And I also thought their fourth line, which I thought was going to be too slow in the game, which was Stahl, Perry, and Armia. Obviously, they got two goals, so... Props yeah. to them. Um, and, yeah, that's my be nice to Montreal for a second. So you're welcome for any Habs fans that listen. All right. I think that wraps it up. Uh, we'll be back after game six. Hopefully a little brighter, a little happier. It'll come out on Monday. So I don't think anyone's going to want to listen on Sunday. We'll figure we'll it record out. On, we'll figure it out. There will be another Cause, episode. Cause, yeah, agreed. All right. Go Leafs go. Take care. For JT.